I think that the biggest uh, additional overhead that came to us is in form of additional expense on marketing. The salaries grew naturally and organically. So we kept like a similar cost structure while our income doubled. Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. We put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 lead gen strategies checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Brian Dordovic. He is uh, currently the CEO and founder of Alpha Efficiency. Uh, We're going to be talking about some growth lessons from him, from his seven-figure agency, uh, his seven-figure web design business. He's built over 500 websites and counting He's got some fresh insights on marketing and design at conversioninsider.com. And um, he just moved to the US in the last 10 years and has been crushing it in our U Academy Pro program and has recently upgraded to our elite level program. So uh, just a, a small plug there for all the great work that we do at Gurus. But Brian, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Brent, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And my year with you, Gurus, has been absolutely fantastic. So good, man. And I want to hear more about that. But paint us a picture of Alpha Efficiency today. What, what's the agency's focus? How many people do you got? Give us kind of the, the bird's eye view. So we started as an up for agency, kind of had its own organic growth. I, I would say that back in the day, we, we didn't know how to sell. And the sales was, was a big sticking point. We could all, I could only close someone who has like an actual intent on, on building a project out. And then I would earn less than what the potential project could bring. So I think that the Yuguru's process helped us a lot in streamlining the sales and better understanding where the customer is in the sales journey. Uh, and when you have that level of certainty, you, you certainly can walk away from a conversation knowing that you haven't lost anything and allocate your energies to where they're needed more so you don't lose your head over a deal or go on an emotional roller coaster. So I think that's one of the things that Yuguru has helped us a lot. But throughout that, as, as the deal size like kept increasing and we get bigger and bigger projects, certainly there was like enough of the time that I managed to buy back so that Upwork is like not even a, that important part of our business anymore, which was like a starting point. I think... It was uh, it was a good learning curve as it allowed us to put in the reps. Yeah, as you put the reps, you you grow from from the experience and the repetition. Uh, but some of the things uh, that we've been through, we just definitely shouldn't have to go through in order to get to where we are today. So I think that uh, you gurus definitely helped us in in that regard. That. Uh, now when I'm entering into a sales process with a 
prospective client, it's a totally different type of conversation. So the 15-minute discovery or a qualification call immediately disqualifies or qualifies people for the for the next steps. And we're finding clients that are more malleable, that can follow our lead as opposed to them dictating the, the conversation because those are, I would say, the worst types of clients. But like they, they want to be your boss and they're not your boss. So you kind of get the worst, worst of both worlds when you have those <laughs> clients. Um, so I think that the part of working with you guys helped us yeah. recognize some of those wrong fits. That's probably like the best, the best uh, thing is that uh, nightmare clients just become wrong fits these days. That's the, that's the lesson I would say that uh, we pick up all the time. Yeah. I love I love that. Like the instead of them being a nightmare client, they're just a wrong fit. You kind of dodge the bullet before they become that nightmare client. I, I think some people though, like are um I don't want to say they're addicted to it, but maybe maybe it's that fear of loss because they're not charging enough, they're not making enough money per project, they're scared to lose the deal, and then they take it anyways, knowing that it's gonna be not a great, a great opportunity. Well, given that we grew so much in a year, I can tell you that uh, money does shift perspective. So when you hit certain numbers with your business, you don't observe every deal like you used to when you were starting out, for sure. And and you're not even emitting that needy energy that, oh my God, it's going to be like a game changing for me if I close this client. Clients do feel that. that they do feel that. That vibe. So if you're emitting that vibe, you can't hide from it. Like people see things, people see right through vibes. It's something that you can't hide. So there's no shortcuts to success. I would say you have to become it. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I've seen in the in the marketplace with the other vendors. How they've been growing or shrinking. I've seen companies that would like grow and then shrink and then grow again. Uh, or just fall out of the business because they don't know how to channel their internal energies. And people see right through that. Like you you hop on a call and this guy's afraid. You know, like why would you do business with someone who has fear in them? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't give a, doesn't give a vibe of certainty that something will get done. Yeah. Confidence sells, man. Confidence does sell. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to let you know about a hosting platform that is giving digital agencies and creators around the world an edge when it comes to site speed, scalability, and profit. It's called Cloudways, and it's designed to create exceptional experiences for you and your clients that guarantees unmatched performance, reliability, and choice with 24-7 award-winning support. Cloudways is excited to offer our listeners a $50 hosting credit in addition to their amazing benefits of their agency partner program. For more details, head over to yougurus.com slash cloudways or use promo code DASCW when signing up. Let's get back to our show. What's an example of like a, maybe a nightmare client or a situation that you got in that maybe you would have been able to avoid now? Well, the thing, the thing with me is that when I step into the business, I step with a hundred percent certainty. Uh, so that that's what helped me close a lot of deals, even when I didn't have the 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 know-how, so to say. So I knew that I was going to own up that contract, even if I had to pay out of my own pocket. I was entering into the game as like I'm going to throw whatever is necessary to fulfill this uh, this obligation and. 
me being in the software development world for like digital world in general for 15 years, I, I know that I can tackle any problem that comes my way or that I could figure out who I can hire at affordable rates that it's never going to be like at least the worst case scenario for me would be to be break even. I don't think that a lot of people can enter into the relationship with that kind of mindset. It really depends on their personal level of experience and involvement with the, with the projects. Like for a lot of client projects, we still do. Uh, we're on the point of point of person that's like trustworthy. I still manage some of the server side maintenance, which is uh, like AWS cloud cloud services and similar. So whatever whatever happens, I know for the infrastructure side of things, I, I can be that person that can actually do the job at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and people buy that. So I think people that have technical skills and acumen that they can at least guarantee with their own time that something will get done, that they will have that a little bit of an edge in that initial startup phase of their business. Because as, as you grow later on and you have more staff, you, you won't be touching these. Even even on a pipeline five unit level, it won't be your task anymore. So as you grow, that becomes less and less important. But in the early early stages, I think it's very important to have technical chops to get the job done. How, how many team are at uh, Alpha right now? The, we've been fluctuating uh, during the summer, but uh, like we're recovering around thirty. Okay, like we're less than thirty right now, but we're making some new hires to get back to that number. Yeah. And you've got a very global team. Uh, that is correct. Yeah, uh, we got uh, team members in uh, Argentina, Serbia, and Philippines. Uh, we don't tend to hire uh, Asian uh, side of the world because of the time zone difference. So it's only like a freelance kind of roles that are in the off time zones that are not like uh, full time full time VAs or full time contractors that we have. So it's a little bit. Um, let's say, different and geared more towards U.S.-based time zones. Nearshoring is a much, much uh, healthier vibe for the employees. I don't like people staying up for, until 4 a.m. to get the job done for me. I just don't feel good about myself in that kind of situation. Mm. So never steered towards hiring people that are in the time zones that are not compatible. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, What are some things that you've done differently with hiring and team, I know I know you've spent a lot of energy scaling up the business. It's been fun to watch and fun to be a part of it. But uh, you know, what are some things that you've learned around team and systems? So the hiring part, I'm, I'm blessed that my team handles that in its entirety. So by the time candidate reaches me, it's already like a decision made by the team. So the the hiring process is something that. Uh, I coached my team to become good at. And because the whole team is involved in the hiring process, it ends up creating the right cultural fit. So I think that's like a really good lesson that uh, that your audience can, can learn from, that no matter that you're the business owner, if you involve your team into building the culture where they are feeling comfortable with the new hires as well, you will definitely... Um, Nurture the culture that you're having. And if it's a good culture, it will become stronger. And that's what's been happening with us. Uh, with every generation of new hires, the, the culture got 
stronger and better than the previous one. So if we had like attrition of the older team members, like they were with the company three, four years or something like that, the new hires would just bring so much fresh energy and motivation that would trump any lack of experience and the lack of experience would be overwritten with the better and improved standard operating procedures that was set by the previous teams and the mistakes I've made in the past that are now not repeatable because they're documented. So I think that some churn in the employee workforce is inevitable. And actually, in the agency environment, I hold the belief that uh, the life cycle of an employee should be three to five years, no longer than that. Because if they're staying for longer than three years, like you got to ask yourself, is this a person that like, should be staying over here? Like, why aren't they getting a better job? You know? <laughs> Like something's like off if someone's staying somewhere for so long. So I just, uh, that's the, that's the landscape and the environment we live in. Like I don't, even in the larger agencies, Leo Burnett, Edelman, Publicis, and, and Accenture, people stay three to five years, like tops. So it's just the turnaround uh, that we have in the, in the industry. Yeah. And I don't know if enough agencies plan for that. I mean, probably not enough businesses either, unless they have really high turnover. It's very front of mind. I think that sometimes I hear agencies very much, you know, taken by surprise if a team member leaves unexpectedly or gets a better offer somewhere. I think that the agency owners really need to be prepared for turnover. Right when you when you have like like an employee that stays with you for a year and a half, you should start thinking where their heads at and. For us, it happens organically that people that are in the second, second and a half year, they start to get to fatigue. You know, always a new client, always uh, always some new challenge, and it becomes repetitive for them. So the lack of motivation that stems from the repetition slows down the growth of a person. And then with the slow down growth of the growth of salaries, uh, the other opportunities become better. So you can almost count on them leaving at some point. And, and I think that with all honesty, that's the healthiest thing to happen. And I think it's a, it's a good thing that you are a stepping stone in somebody's career, that you're enablement for them to hit the next level, that they're picking up the chops of the, of the industry itself, of, of how they're becoming better at uh, time, time tracking, how they're becoming better at project planning, and uh, customer-facing uh, situations, that, that all improves a candidate or an employee. It improves them and sets the path for their next, for the next role. Yeah. One thing that we've... I get this question a lot because we, you know, and you mentioned it earlier, right? Help, we help to kind of increase that average deal size through better conversations with clients and better process. And one of the questions I always get back is, you know, well, do I have to do a lot more work you know, are you just, am I just increasing the size of the project than having to do like a proportional amount of work? Um, how has that played out for you in terms of up-leveling your systems and your mindset? Um, you're doing bigger, bigger dollar projects now, but has that translated to like more time or energy from you to deliver those? I'd say we just doubled. There was no dub- doubling of the work. We kept more retainers, right? Definitely. So there was a little bit more work that was being added on. But uh, the the life has been becoming easier as the time went by. 
because mm. um, we weren't taking on more work to facilitate this growth. We were increasing the deal sizes. Uh, and the whole, but there was a lot of room, right? When when we came here, I think like the smallest project size we would take was around 10K when we started. And now I think that the average through the door is like around 25. And these deals like go even to 50K with the project we just finished in that uh, in that ballpark. So definitely the the processes we put in, into the into the system, our system, uh, helped us uh, nurture these relationships, increase the lifetime value of the customer, and um, not have too much uh, additional overhead. I think that the biggest uh, additional overhead that came to us is in form of additional expense on marketing. The, the salaries grew naturally and organically. And so we kept like a similar cost structure while our income doubled. Yeah. It's been really fun to watch you diversify your marketing channels and start thinking about, you know, not just a marketing channel, but even just as an engine for for booking sales calls and seeing how that's changed for you. I guess maybe a couple of words on on how you're attracting clients right now. How am I tracking clients or finding? Attra- attracting, finding clients, yeah. Um, social media is playing much uh, bigger role. We got a lot of referrals and repeat business, which is a essential part of growing an agency is providing a dependable service. And what typically happens is when you have skin in the game, you can bite the client back and they will go and find an alternative and they'll try it out for a while to think that they can get the better price elsewhere. When they learn that it's not that easy as they think, then they come back. So we had a lot of those situations because some of the older clients were getting really good deals, our prices increased, and they were becoming too demanding. Like we were sending them an invoice, and they were like, mm, we're going to think about this invoice and go somewhere else. Then they go somewhere else, and then they call us to fix things. And <laughs> They're like, hey, <laughs> hey, Brian. <laughs> and then when you send them invoice in those circumstances, uh, those invoices get paid promptly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we had a lot of those happening, which are part of that growth growth curve. So it's always funny. You 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 can only be what you can be, right? And if you're not a right fit, you, you really don't have to worry about things. That's that's probably one of those things that I've that I've learned how to let go of all the circumstances, whether it's a bad employee or a bad client or a good client in a wrong time and a good employee in the wrong time. Learning how to let go is probably one of the biggest lessons that you can drive from from this industry, because things have to be the right fit for everyone. Otherwise, they're not going to be a fit. No matter how you sugarcoat it, or if you're chasing like a dollar amount or something like that, having that feng shui that your heart's in the right place and that uh, you know that you're not overcommitted and just being in a in a relaxed position, in a relaxed state of mind, that's what's helping me create better. It, uh, it also definitely helps you with closing more deals. When people see that you're like carefree and that things are going well, things are going well. Hey, agency owners. Are you looking for a strategic and reliable white-label partner to scale your agency business? E2M is the number one white-label partner for digital agencies when it comes to website design, web development, e-commerce, SEO, and content writing. 
E2M is trusted by over 150 agency partners and has been providing white-label services for the last 10 years. Their team has over 170 experts and is on a mission to help 500 agencies increase their revenue and profit margins with impactful white-label services. Check out their transparent and flexible white-label pricing at e2msolutions.com forward slash gurus. That's wwwe 2 msolutions.com forward slash U-G-U-R-U-S. E2M is currently running a special discount for 10% off for your first three months. Check it out now. It's available for a limited time. Brian, I love this conversation, man. I love hearing your mindset. Just I hope a little bit of that rubs off on our audience today. Uh, it's inspiring. It's motivating. And we're, uh, we're happy to have you share your story today. Do you have a few minutes to stick around for our lightning round? Yeah, sure. I don't know what the lightning round, though. <laughs> my, my apologies for that. What is the best advice you've ever received? Uh, from Barbara from Yugurus at the weekly meetings with clients. That's the best advice. And we made so much money thanks to it. It's crazy. Step weekly meetings with clients. You can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't go wrong. That's the best advice. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Showing up every day. That's it. I didn't know if you were going to drop in like you, uh, you know, you do the walk and talk for your meetings a lot. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't <laughs> say that's like contributing, but it's help, helping my health and my, uh, my figure. That's for sure. <laughs> Sometimes I talk to Brian and it's like, it's like how many, he, like he walks and does his meetings at the same time. He'll have like 30,000 steps and I'll have like yeah. four. <laughs> <laughs> 15,000 today. 15,000. Like, Not enough meetings today, Brian. You, you got to get out there, enough, man. There were enough because it's like a rainy day, so I couldn't go out. <laughs> uh, can you share an internet resource or a tool you've been using lately that you think our listeners would find valuable? We're working with SEMrush and Ahrefs and HubSpot. I don't know. It's kind of like our ecosystem between web design, SEO, and CRM and promotion. I cool. don't know. Those are those are like the tools that, that we reside in. What about a uh, what book would you recommend and why? Um, I'm currently going through copy thinking course from from uh, Grammar Hippie, and he recommended uh, uh, Joe Sugarman's book, uh, Ad Week uh, Copywriting Handbook. It's like a bible, and then Cashvertising is the other one that I'm that I'm going through. Uh, Definitely, copy is uh, is the next layer. Something that we introduced into our offering, and uh, getting like deeper into the the copywriting is always going to help website creators because now you're not just selling the infrastructure anymore; you're also selling the how. So, up upskilling your game to to offer more and having more talent uh, than just doing websites is. Uh, how you get even bigger, even bigger contracts. Awesome, man. We will link out to SEM Rush, Ahrefs, HubSpot, as well as your book recommendations, Adweek Copywriting Handbook, and Cash Vertising over on our show notes page at yougurus.com slash podcast. So if you listen this week of, go to yougurus, click on podcast. And you'll see Brian's photo at the top. Click on him and you'll get lots of tools, tips, takeaways, and all those links in one place. If you want to take action from today's episode, check out our website and 
start to uh, take those next steps. Brian, how can folks find out more about you? Is there anything that you have they can check out? Yeah, they can check out conversioninsider.com. It's uh, it's our newsletter. Uh, I write it and send it two times per week. You'll get uh, unique insights from what I'm finding interesting at any point in time that I'm working on it. It's a thought leadership type of content where I'm diving deeper into design decisions and how they improve conversions as the, as the name. So I'd love to have some, some of you join the newsletter and pick up some of my chops. Awesome, man. We'll jump on over to conversioninsider.com. Or if you're out on the road or on a run or on your bike like me, go to yougurus.com. When you get home, click on podcast and you'll see that link added as well to Conversion Insider. We'll also link out to Alpha Efficiency, uh, Brian's agency website, and um, we'll include a link to uh, U Academy. If you're listening to Brian's story, you've been inspired today and you want to learn more about what we do at YouGurus to help agencies grow their business, uh, you can definitely check out U Academy, apply for an agency growth session. We'd love to have a conversation with you. Brian, thanks so much for stopping by the program today. Hey, I'm so grateful you were having me over here. It was a pleasure. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. We've put together an agency accelerator package for agency owners and growing freelancers looking to scale. We've got all kinds of free resources like the 39 Lead Gen Strategies Checklist, our $20,000 website proposal template, live trainings hosted by yours truly, free access to our community group, and much, much more. Get access now and dive in at yougurus.com forward slash agency. That's yougurus.com forward slash agency.